0: Welcome, welcome back, everybody, to your favorite '90s-looking podcast. My name is Pat. Joined by my lovely co-host Jen. Hello. And we are looking in on TV of January 1994 on this episode. Jen, how you feeling today? How you doing?
1: I'm feeling okay. I'm doing. I'm doing good. Okay. Hanging in there. How How about you?
0: Feeling good. Drinking some coffee. Getting myself together. It's early in the morning. I feel like I'm better in the morning. You're worse. And I feel like uh, at night it's like 50-50. Which is not to I'm say distracted. that you not good. You know
1: what it is? No. You know what it is? I'm distracted in the morning. I like recording at night because I feel like I can just record for as long as we need to and just totally immerse myself. But right now I'm thinking about the things I have to do today. Like I'm thinking about what work I want to get done. So like I'm kind of like a little distracted in the morning. You know, if, if that's fair.
0: It's fair. I don't think it's... Yeah, I mean, I would say it's fair. You got things to do. Yeah, it's a work week. Uh, this is our moonlighting, as you like to call it, passion project. Which shout out everybody that is downloading. We can see you. Please, hit well, we us don't up. see you
1: specifically. Well, we
0: can see the numbers. But we see that you're there, so we know that you're there. We know you like us in the United Kingdom. We know you like us in Australia. <laughs> we know you like us in the U.S. A couple people, Canada. Shout out Big Dan. Um,
1: yeah and just a little housekeeping let's just do this in the beginning like
0: get it in get out
1: get in to get out if you do like our podcast we would so appreciate um, a rating a comment you know we like stars you know, more stars are better but like you know it really does help um if you could do that and if you want to follow us on platforms we never post on on instagram we're blc Mixtapes on Twitter, we're blc underscore pod mm-hmm. on X. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I called it Twitter. And if you want to write us an email to give us suggestions or just, you know, say hi, it's beckyleftthechat at gmail.com. Becky left the chat. That's a little confusing. That's what we kind of started this name as, but it's kind of like what we're calling all of our little projects, right? Like our production company, I guess. I don't know. No. But um, yeah, anyway, just get that out of the way now so we don't have to...
0: And we will be... I know we've said it before, but we will be updating some of the socials. We have a roadmap and a plan to get some of this stuff together, seeing as though our unpaid intern still hasn't showed up for work. It is
1: the worst. They're it's not getting any college credits for this. No college None. credits, no money, None. nothing.
0: But having said that, this is our TV episode. So TV can be bloated at times because there's so many things that are happening uh, at certain times of the year. Shows leaving usually at the end of the year that are good shows. Shows premiering in the beginning of the year that are gonna be you know as the kids say bangers right to go along throughout the 90s there's a couple shows that premiered here in the mid-season as they like to call them that's that january space january into february where you're picking up maybe a show that wasn't as good or you're just for example i could think of one here i'm looking at ancient mysteries on a and e which i remember that show i feel like that show still airs shit now right
1: Is it? I think it... Didn't it end in, like, the 2000s? Or is it still on?
0: So, apparently, that show went from... Premieres January 7th, 1994. Goes until May of 98. But they just kept running the episodes. 93 episodes. So, for those kids that were... That you're joining this a little bit late. That weren't 90s kids. If you had cable. Which, I think at this point, we definitely had. Like, real... We had cable with, like, this... 50 channels. Mm-hmm. I feel like cable was like 50 channels, which I know like for example now I'm looking at like YouTube TV like potentially maybe cutting the cord, but YouTube TV has like it offers over 85 channels, right? And so I'm looking at some of these channels I'm like, okay, these are all the channels that I like, which mind you, I haven't watched some of these things in God knows how long. Like I don't remember the last time I watched any. But I remember A and E. It used to be Crime and Justice.
1: I will tell you the last time you watched A and E.
0: Oh well The biographies. The, the biograph I was gonna say biographies. Crime but they're and hard justice. to
1: find. You can't really get them on demand anyway. Like no. if I wanna watch a biography, I have to like jump through eighty five hoops to try and find it on I through what Amazon Prime to A like it's like a whole thing.
0: Anyway. But sorry. back in the back Di- in the day digression. way back when, like in these times, you know, Ancient Mysteries would be on. There's ninety something episodes of it. And it's an hour long block with commercials, right? So it's a forty three minute program with you know, an hour, the extra time worth of commercials, 17 minutes credits, commercials. That's kind of how they made their bread and butter. a and would do these long form, like hour long programming. I think at some point they did like Dog the Bounty Hunter and all that stuff, too. They started adding all that, oh, I feel easy. like, in the early 2000s. And that was a real big like reality TV boom. But I think they also did like the first 48, all these different things. But I remember ancient mysteries. I also remember like ancient aliens, which I think was history, but also isn't like, that, 80, isn't that still, on? That's still, they still do that. I mean, that's there's ten thousand, <laughs> there's like 50 seasons of that where they talk, which I don't understand how we can keep saying that, but that's not in the mainstream. That's a conversation for tinfoil hat, uh, nineties pat to bring in maybe on an extra Friday. We could talk about wild nineties conspiracies one of these days. Cause that's fun. Uh, not as fun now where conspiracies can really be divisive. I feel like in the 90s it was a little bit more passive. I feel like it was, you know, with that X-Files vibe. It, it could yeah. just be
1: fun. You know, it kind it of sucks as... too like I loved a good conspiracy and now it's like I feel like you can't no. you can't go down that rabbit hole because no. then you're, you know, yeah, you you wind up in a weird place. You wind like, up in a weird
0: place, you're monitored, you're on lists, you're on all these things and also like it it just ruins the spirit where you could be like, you know, don't trust anybody, but
1: ETA. Yeah.
0: So, Ancient Mysteries premiered, which is, you know, show about just that. Ancient Mysteries. <laughs> a show right? about the
1: mysteries from long ago.
0: We were uh, trying to get our man, uh, you know, trying to get some, trying to get a show off the ground called Monty. Oh, isn't
1: that with Henry Winkler?
0: Yep. Yeah, and, I saw that. And David Schwimmer.
1: Oh, shit. I yep. didn't see that.
0: Lasted for only a couple episodes.
1: Well, that's good because if David Schwimmer was busy with Monty, he wouldn't have been able to do Friends. Yep. So, I mean, you know, sometimes doors close so bigger ones can open, Pat.
0: I do remember the show <laughs> vaguely called uh, The George Carlin Show. He was like a taxi driver in New York City. I think it was trying to be like a like a show, like a play on kind of like taxi or that idea, but... George Carlin had a show for about a minute, two yeah, seasons? Yeah, I
1: don't... I'm bummed that I don't remember that, but I don't really.
0: Yeah, a lot of it takes place in, like, a bar and, like, all these other things. But, yeah, Um it was a show. It was there. Didn't last, didn't last a ton. There's another show called Birdland.
1: I feel like, just to bring it back, George Carlin... Everybody liked George Carlin. It doesn't matter what... Like, don't you feel like he's kind of was kind of like everybody's like now you'll people will kind of go back to him as their kind of like idol type thing. But it doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like everybody liked him, you know, I feel like he's I, divisive, but somehow also unifying.
0: Well, I feel like the way the best way to describe someone like a George Carlin is he's like a traditional kind of English bard. Right. So, you know, a bard would be someone going town to town, singing the songs for all the kind of common folk. That's who he always was. You know, there's comedians, especially now it's way harder because everything could just be aggregated and taken on social media and anything you're saying could just immediately be blown out of proportion for what you're trying to do. But George Carlin was so kind of refined in his approach and he always was punching up, never punching down, always punching up at the establishment. And that was something that, you know, let's say in the early 70s and stuff like that, late 70s when you know Saturday Night live was out and all those other things and he was one of the first kind of people i think it's like the first host one of the first kind of people that was on there like all of his comedy was always about you know government regulation and about you know big corporations coming to get you and all this kind of stuff that just rings so true because at the end of the day when you make these observations and you're not afraid to say them right like he has one of the most famous skits about you know the 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 words that you the can't words say you can't on television, say. right? The,
1: the seven words you can't say and on the, the radio whole, or
0: whatever. Yeah. And that whole thing is so perfect, right? Because you look at it now and it's like, well, where do most people consume their content? They consume it. You can get it here on a podcast. I'm not worried about the FCC telling me that I can't do a podcast. Right. You're allowed to say whatever you want on a podcast. On YouTube, you can do whatever you want, right? You can do what you want, you know, obviously not without the nudity part, but you could do what you want. But his, his, satire and review and and criticism of that institution even started back then and so he was always ahead of his time he always was forward thinking so that's why when you look at it now you're like well he was saying all these things about corporation big pharma government all this stuff he was always there so that's why we're saying when people love him like i don't know if at the time as many people loved him they might have thought of him as more more beatneck but in the 90s like 90s kids i love them right? I was like, yo, this guy is like the opposite of my parents. He's saying all these things that are whatever, but he also seems like very sage-like, right? Like, he's a guy that's just really, really, really good. And you listen to any of his stand-up, I feel like it all holds up in a way that is not as... Like, I personally love Dave Chappelle, and I listen to a lot of his stand-up. I don't know if kids now could just... I don't know if there's an 18-year-old somewhere now that could just get on the Dave Chappelle train from his old stuff and be like, this is hysterical. They might be easily triggered by it they might not be as happy i know he has issues with the trans community now that's gone back and forth and he's become like a lightning rod in a way that is not necessarily about his comedy it's about right. like his view on all those things but way back when you know 20 years ago 30 years you know i was hearing him saw him on half-baked listened to him do his stand-up loved him still do love him uh, but it's just one of those things that like no, it's, as time goes, you 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 might find yourself being the villain. You know.
1: Yeah, and it's hard because I feel like now there's this like there's this pressure that you either like Dave Chappelle, like if you like Dave Chappelle and you're and you say that, that means you don't like the trans community, right? <coughs> Which isn't, as far as I'm concerned, necessarily true. I like Dave Chappelle, and I support the trans community, right? Those things can coexist, but I think that there's a lot of things like that where it's becoming, it's so cancelable, right? If you say that you support someone, you like someone, then it's like, oh, well, they said this and did this, and... You know what I mean? Like, it's... With
0: all the things... It
1: seems everything is so black and white, and life is not black and white. It is gray and nuanced and...
0: Well, I was going to say with all the things and, you know, we touch on a lot of these subjects and we'll touch on them more, you know, especially as the 90s kind of goes on and we're talking about these things and and checking in every month about some of the stories and events and things that are going to shape where we're going to get to now, 30 years later, you know, as the culture changes, you always have to remember that like people are allowed to learn and they're allowed to grow, right? People can make mistakes, they can learn and they can grow. Mm -hmm. And because something today offends you doesn't mean that 30 years ago, it it had it had nothing to do with you. You might not have been a member of that community. You might not have been there. And you see it all the time because a big 90s trope, which I'm sure was all the way through, you'd always be like, oh, you know, that like drunken uncle that would come over and say weird shit. But the weird shit they were saying might have been really off color, really off color. Oh, yeah. Jokes and racist shit in the 90s. Because normal people
1: like, were saying off color shit. All the time, right? And then, and like it was okay, like.
0: And now it's like that shit yeah. would get you like put in an institution. Yo,
1: what was that movie that we watched? That Christmas movie.
0: <laughs> oh, the 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 English the, the no the Canadian Canadian one, one. Uh, like I the Campbells what yeah, or something. Yeah. No, Christmas with the Campbells was a different one. No,
1: I, I know, but I think it was like a similar. <sighs> I feel like I need to find out because that is just the perfect example of like. 90s cringe. Like, mm-hmm. I don't even think it was made in the 90s. It has like, uh, Samantha, is that Samantha B in it? I think it's
0: like an 80s. I it's it's supposed, supposed to be, like, to be 80s, like, like 80s found footage.
1: But it's supposed, yes, it's, it's supposed to be making fun of how of things,
0: yeah. wild
1: that was. hmm And it is, Anyway, it's you rough. Just,
0: you just take movies in the 80s. You know, you take stuff like, you know, even you go back as far as the 70s, right? Animal House. You take, like, Porky's. You take, like, all these different movies that, that then yeah. spawned all these people that would be... You know, I've
1: never seen either of those.
0: It's fine. A lot <laughs> of it has to do with voyeurism, right? Where they're, like, staring through peepholes at people and, like, doing all these different things that you're like, yo, that will get you thrown in jail. Mm-hmm. That will get you, you know, on a list forever. This was... These were jokes. Like, this was things that was done... In order to kind of say, hey, look at this. And so if you're saying, hey, look at this scene. And you're putting it on film. You're trying to inspire almost like the next generation of of people to do the same. So it's like this like circle of like, yeah, that's just not acceptable now at all. Right? And it wasn't really acceptable then, but people just allowed it. And so people have to be able to change and grow. And I think the biggest thing, you know, not to kind of get into, you know, wait into any sort of culture war and something like this. But I think the biggest thing is always, I seem to see when you see these things, is that you have to push the rock. You can't just break the rock. I think when you try to break the rock and just break, like bash people over the head with stuff. You know, like you said, with George Carlin, he was talking about all these things. He was trying to push the conversation forward. He wasn't necessarily trying to break this, this wheel, right? He might've been breaking glass with some of the things he was saying. Right, because it was like these things are fragile. But like, yo, like now it's like, hey, man, you say one thing, and they could just be like, everything you've ever done goes under a microscope. Yeah. I mean, it's
1: hard. it's hard. It's hard because we're coming. We have to. We are coming from it from a place of like, you know, we're privileged people. We just are. So it's it's hard. Yeah. You know, we so also survive without a phone. Say, we survived yes, we without did. a phone. We did. So you know, but I just think if you really want, you know, if you really want to get everybody's attention and really make an impression on people that are really far one way or the other that isn't breaking rocks isn't the way to do that now if you say i don't give a fuck those people have have (laughs) their opinions and i don't care things need to change i mean that's another way to look at it and i think that Whatever I, I don't know if this is really the place for this conversation. Well, no, it's just, but I think we had yeah. it because you
0: were talking about George Carlin, and sometimes yeah, we just I know end up I, I started in, in an organic space, and that's just I'm just so scared.
1: Good. Like I'm so scared to say I'm so scared to say anything, you know.
0: But that's part of the problem. I know you have to be able. You have to just be able to say, "Hey, the person I am today can only get better from the person I was." Like yesterday,
1: I feel like know? we should be able to say things that. Might be wrong, and then have it. I feel like we should be able to make mistakes, but it doesn't. It doesn't really feel like we can. If you know, you it's, really, it's wanna, scary. And
0: again, not to you know. And then we'll we'll get back to these other couple shows, and and we'll get back to our trilogy pursuit, and and we'll we'll keep moving here with the cast. But I mean, if you really want to think about it, it's the idea that if your phone is your world to the outside, and you can immediately do something, let's say you post something on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And that immediately makes you part of a camp where people can say, I don't like it or I don't like it immediately and give you that instant feedback. Like we grew up in a time where the feedback is from your classmates. It's from your teacher. It's from your neighbors. It's not from like I said something here and somebody is telling me that I'm a fucking idiot halfway across the country.
1: It's weird, yeah. So
0: it's that instant thing. And when these kids now and, and the next generations and stuff. Kids
1: these days.
0: It's not even kids <laughs> these days. Like, you know, like we mentioned, like, we don't do a ton of social media stuff for this podcast. If we did and we were pushing it out to more people and, and you know, as it maybe does and organically grows on its own and we start to do that, you have to accept that feedback because people are just you know. going to be like, I'm allowed to say this because I'm behind it." I don't want to be honest. You I know? think
1: that's why I have been reluctant to post more. Because I am afraid, you know, mm-hmm. of that kind of feedback. And not that, like, people should absolutely feel like they can give construction constructive feedback, you know. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have such um, fear of rejection that I'm like, oh, if I put myself out there, like, I know that there's no way that anyone's going to get popular, right, on the internet or, like, well-known and not get bad feedback. That's just, I mean, I your say- sister has a podcast and she gets I mean, they have like five star reviews and then she'll get like some bullshit horrible be like, comment I, Be
0: like i don't like your voice i don't like your i don't voice. like okay, your voice well, like right it's free don't tell
1: you i don't really like my voice and i'm like oh god what would people say about my i sound like i feel like i sound like a little boy like I you
0: can't. know you know it is what it is it, again you know we've talked about it before off the air and you know say now like this is something we do and we enjoy to do this we enjoy to do this research as a project that we do right you're in you're an artist you're in the artist space these are the things that you kind of do you know especially when you show up and just kind of put in the time to just learn your craft and learn the things that you're doing, right? You don't just decide today, I'm just going to go do this thing. You have to spend lots of time to get lots of reps and hours and all that kind of stuff before you could even be in a position that if somebody found it, or someone saw it, they'd be like, wow, that's really great. Like, I know if you went back and looked at some of the first ones that we did, they're probably extremely cringe, right? And Ooh, and know. we're getting better as we go. But that's... We should do that. It'll be a fun experiment when we could feel horrible right? about ourselves. <laughs> right. But, I mean, even to have this conversation and to veer into it and you know and what's funny? the thought path is all stuff. You know, this is
1: the last thing I'll say off me. subject. But it's funny that you say that because I'm like, oh, I could never... Like, I listened to it once just to make sure there's nothing horrible throw the music in and post it. Like I don't even really do a great job editing, but cuz other podcasts I've I've listened to people will be like, "Oh, like like my favorite murder, for example, they'll they'll mention like people will s- repeat something that they said over and over again or send them cartoons of it and they're like, "We don't even remember saying that." And I'm like, how do you not know what you're putting out there? And I'm like, oh, no, I totally get it. I have no idea. I have no idea what we put
0: out there. It's two people talking, and then I'm you move on gonna, to the next thing. I have
1: no desire to listen to it. Like, totally get it.
0: Mm-hmm. But Anywho. That's our...
1: 1994.
0: That's our veer here. Because we're talking about <laughs> George Carlin, who is, you know, one of my personal favorites. But couple two good shows, or two 90s-ish shows for the 90s kids that I remember. And then I'm gonna t- then I'm gonna end with one other show for you. So I as a nineties kid, I watched the show Babylon Five. It's a space opera show. Starts now in ninety four. Oh,
1: it's a space opera?
0: Well, I mean, I think that's what they call like a space oh. like a you know epic. Oh, so it's it's
1: not like a musical.
0: No, it's not actually a musical. <laughs> okay. Uh but it goes from ninety-four, I think it went like five seasons, and then had like some spin-offs. So it kind of takes this tail end part of the nineties and just goes into the early two thousands. I was telling you about it a little bit last night. Not gonna Deep dive into it now. I mean, the Babylon Five heads. You're out there. You know. Can who you just,
1: are. if you were not a Babylon Five head, just Google what was that the guy you showed me with the with the hair?
0: Oh, uh, Lando Malari. If you Lando Google him. Malari, yeah, and you see because and I, you'll
1: know what ridiculousness this show was. I never watched it, so you're talking to me about it. I'm it was, on another planet. I'm like, what?
0: To be fair, <laughs> I don't think it was as ridiculous as it seemed because I think that what it was was that especially if you watch it, there was definitely a lot of Lord of the Rings type things. Like there's like these old races and then they travel to the other side. You know, once they've done all that they have to do in the galaxy, they go to the other, you know, go to another galaxy or another dimension, which is similar to Lord of the Rings, right? Because I know that you're not a huge Lord of the Rings fan, but that's kind of like, oh, once Gandalf does his thing and helps everybody and wants the elves do what they need to do and turn over the world to men, they leave, they go across the narrow sea and they sail away to better greener pastures, right? Okay. So that's kind of like a you know, like all oh, these ancient races are going to leave. Like that trope was there from Lord of the Rings. The bigger thing is that like the whole idea like I told you is kind of like a United Nations thing where all these different spacefaring races meet at this one station that they all agree we can all air our grievances in a neutral territory, right? It blo- it explodes from there. It's told in a um Star Trek, Star Wars type—you're thrown in the middle of the story, so you you piece things back. Which I always like stories like that because then the lore, everything you're watching could mean something, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was a show that definitely things meant something. It was not as like a, I think the best way to say too is like it's similar to kind of how storytelling is now, where like. In the early, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, you're like, shows like FBI and, uh, you know, even Law & Order. Like, yeah, the the detectives are the same. And maybe they have little romances or side eyes to different people. But then they leave and go about their day. But there's not this, like, overarching plot. There's an overarching plot here. Told throughout the five seasons. So there's a through line of what you're going through. A
1: feel like a lot of the Spacey type shows had that.
0: Well Star Trek kind of didn't I'll oh, start really okay. it was kind I guess of I was thinking more more oh, adventures I was
1: thinking more um what's that other one that you liked
0: uh Battlestar Galactica yes but and that, then there was
1: another one that I watched that I can't remember the name of um it was only for like a year or two anyway
0: but that was in the 70s I think or 80s originally. And so that idea, then they came back, and so they were kind of building off that. But it's the same kind of like you have a story. You allegedly have like a beginning, middle, and end, let's say, of the story you're trying to tell. Right. Doesn't mean you're not creating a universe that maybe people want to inhabit. And so that's what a lot of storytelling is now, right? These Netflix shows, these different things. For the most part, you're trying to say, here's my series, and I'm going to, you know, here's 10 episodes I'm going to tell this story, right? I always find that things veer off when you get into that, like, not that I don't that I didn't watch Star Trek. We talk about all the time in this podcast and mm-hmm. beyond. But like you could just watch a Star Trek episode and go, "Oh, this is the episode where whatever happens, right?" But whatever happens is not necessarily going to impact the overarching story, right? Next week, everybody will be back. Like in a, a in sitcom different, kind of exactly. Everybody will be back in a different or cartoon. Some things do you know, but then it usually resets. This there would be things that would happen um, that you know, it's building towards a crescendo later on which is cool because it makes you feel like you're invested in something that's going to get you somewhere i don't think that it it was like a huge like critically acclaimed like i think it was but it really wasn't like huge like i told you i didn't talk to anybody about it i just watched it i was like oh i like this i watched it and i'd see it a lot on like channel nine channel 11 i think which is upn and i think wb and whatever the case may be it premiered on like pten network i don't even know what that is then eventually like i saw it on like upn nine or something and this is back in the day when you open the tv guide and you're like oh the show's on on saturday at seven right you didn't know when the show like you didn't know anything more you couldn't just google it and be like okay you couldn't just stream it but good show and then when you're talking about now the guy you're talking about i told you he's kind of like he's like a, a french aristocrat almost with this like ridiculous hair but it's because they were all supposed to be different like tropes of let's say like you know yeah americans and then like you know europeans well usually people from different
1: countries have completely insanely different hairstyles no but that's how you would that's how you would
0: differentiate (laughs) them because i don't think that they did you know they did have some you know some costume work and stuff but and it was pretty cool about how they would you know use those different things to talk about how different races disliked each other and then why and then you find out more as it goes on the big thing about it was that it did use what was considered, like, cutting-edge computer graphics oh for for television. Oh, oh,
1: boy. It doesn't... It doesn't age that badly? Not
0: as bad as you would think. Okay. I mean, truly, truly, all things considered, not as bad as you would think. 30 years later, yeah, it looks a little sus, but not as bad as you think. Like, if, you know, if you're watching... If this was 10 years ago, definitely not as bad as you think. And I've definitely seen worse CGI in, in... I've definitely seen worse CGI on, uh, you know... Sharknado and things of that nature. Well, you know,
1: sci-fi I mean, movie. if you're comparing, <laughs> if, if twenty Sharknado years later though, is the
0: comparison, twenty years later, you think you'd be able to kind of do it? You know, I don't know. Did you watch Firefly? I did not. That and I, I watched didn't watch Serenity, and I Universal. don't remember
1: anything about it, but I did watch it, and I remember liking it. But I don't,
0: I don't know. That was I the think that space was kind of like Star things don't Wars really do it for me. Space things are hard, I, and I think the hardest thing about about space things, especially in the nineties, is that. It was hard to really connect with the community of people that were just like I'm going to jump into these space things. There was really two camps: there was Star Trek and Star Wars, and Star Wars was dead in the '90s. We dead. missed the opportunity
1: dead. to talk about Sequest. I think that came out in either October or November when we were on a little hiatus.
0: Yeah, well, Sequest uh, is, is Star Trek underwater, isn't
1: it? With like a dolphin and a Jonathan Brandis.
0: There's Jonathan Brandis, but it's you know it's Roy Schneider is the captain. Of the Sequest, DSV. so you watch that. Look, uh, it, you know, but that was throwing out
1: Roy Schneider's. <laughs> but that
0: was on. Well, Roy Schneider. Who's Roy Schneider?
1: Is he from Jaws? Correct. Oh, how did my brain do that? I that don't. Know. Was that's why so I'm like, come wild. on. That's why it
0: was like a thing, right? Because he was the captain. Well, he's not the captain. He's the like the.
1: That means that I know things I don't even know I that know. I know.
0: You unlocked it. You thought that about was it. Wild. And you're Like, what is the connection? So you know, Richard Dreyfus is uh, is the scientist. And, um, I think Robert Shaw maybe is, I, I'm forgetting his name, but they just, they just did a play about him, uh, the actor and he's T.S. Quint. He's the captain of the book. Yes, boat. So I
1: saw that thing about the He's, the I think, play like the local
0: him. sheriff or his whatever. His
1: son's like involved in it, right? Yeah. The play. yeah. He's like
0: the local sheriff or whatever, ah, uh, in Jaws. So... That's why that's, it's kind of like comes a little full circle. But the whole point of that was kind of like, oh, you like Star Trek? That's in space. Well, this is, you know, imagine if like we're all seafaring people and it's like underground and this like super cool kind of summer submersible type thing. I had the video game, which is why I was into it. I was a Genesis Sega Genesis video game. Oh, okay. It's pretty, pretty cool because for the excuse me, for the most part, space and water, when you're thinking about creating something are the same. You can't really go out in space without wearing a suit. So you couldn't go out in the water without wearing a suit. And so everything has to take place in these like big sets. So I think that's what's helpful with that sci-fi type thing. It's like, oh, we're in space. Like there would be like colonies underground and fucking it was weird. It was like I don't even remember them really like going on much land, but I I don't remember how many episodes I saw like in order there was a dolphin that they fucking attached something to that they could talk to the dolphin i think that was like a thing and there's like a trick dolphin that they so they can like send the dolphin on missions to help them similar to like star trek oh we need something done well we have an android well we have a dolphin right so that kind of thing and it was on it was on like network television and they were trying to capitalize on that now what i said before is that star trek and star wars like star trek i think the next generation is still going they're going to eventually get Deep Space Nine, which I think is an answer to, or similar to, or an idea, compelling, competing idea with like Babylon 5. Because Star Trek Deep Space Nine is supposed to be like an outpost that these races can all come to. And then they end up building towards a finale as well. But that's was Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Then they had Star Trek Voyager. Those are the things that happened in the 90s. Next generation. Yeah, next generation. He's there. Sean Luke's there but all of Star Trek's like, or at least Next Generation's mission taking over from the original is like, here's this awesome capital starship that we're gonna use in order to travel and have these adventures and discover different things in the world, in the universe, in the galaxy, and map it out, right? You're like a scout, go out there, you have all the things you need, go do the, the stuff. Whereas like, Deep Space Nine was about like a, an outpost similar to Babylon 5, and then Voyager was about a, ship that got lost right they were fighting somebody and they got lost and they're trying to get home it's voyager kind of like the odyssey star wars was very dead that's what i'm saying i was a star wars kid not really a star trek kid i watched it but there's just only so much like i wasn't somebody that was like they were showing on the local news that knew klingon because there's people that know klingon and speak klingon and get dressed up for conventions and do all those things like I was just Star Wars. And forgot I forgot
1: about the Klingons. Yeah, I had, you totally just brought me back. I was in a daydream with all this talking. Oh, I, know. I remember the the Klingons and the fact that people speak Klingon is just it's fucking wild. Well, man, but, life but is remember? so
0: weird. Like shit is crazy but out there. But people speak like Navi and shit too. They do that. It's what is like that from Pandora from uh, like, Avatar.
1: I, do you think that there's somebody that can speak both Klingon and Navi? I do. Hundred percent,
0: because I think if you're that far deep, I couldn't plus, even plus learn to, Spanish.
1: I took three years of it. And I, I don't.
0: Understand. But your brain has to like the challenge of learning languages. It has to like my brain like does sort not like that. that. i not doesn't my brain get it like that. But it's there has like to be how somebody
1: And then I think like if you're bilingual, what language are you thinking in? The idea that you could think in another language is completely unbelievable to me. Anyway,
0: I have no idea um what you're thinking or not thinking. Mm-hmm. You know.
1: Beep
0: it a So, I like how you just—I like how you just give the exasperated side. <laughs> you're like, I don't know. Okay. Like, okay. My brain doesn't work.
1: <laughs> you just put me on a on a ride that I'm like.
0: <laughs> so Babylon Five filled my uh, kind of Star Wars hole in my okay. life until we start to get into like Phantom Menace. Were you I, really
1: excited when the? Um, the new Star wars came out in the 90s? Like, when they were about to come out. I know that they suck. Nobody likes them. But, like, when they were building up to come out, were you... Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. I'm going to tell you something right now. Especially, you look on the internet. You look on X. You look on DMX. There is a lot of people that go, my Star Wars, my stuff, is, like, Hayden Christensen and the Clone Wars cartoon... And episode two and three.
1: I don't hate them. I know that you're supposed to. But I actually found that those movies, when I watched them back in the early 2000s, made me more interested in Star Wars in general. And then I rewatched the other movies because I want that backstory kind of hooked me. And I know that there's like Jar Jar and there's like ridiculous things. But that like, um, Hayden Christensen.
0: Mm hmm. He's Anakin Skywalker. Anakin. I'm like,
1: I can't, I can't do that. That character was like wild.
0: Anyway. So having said that, there's people out there that are like, those are my movies.
1: Right. Where okay. they're like,
0: I watched that when like I was little Pat and I was you know six, seven, eight years old playing and recreating the Battle of Hoth right in my basement while uh, literally HBO taped copy because I remember I wore the copy, I wore the tape out of Empire Strikes Back, and then I'd rewind it and play it again, rewind it and play it again. And I just did different for hours with Empire Strikes Back We are the
1: same person. We just were into different shit, because I did the same rewind and rewatch mm-hmm. shit over. Well,
0: because head. that's like, you know, these are tapes, that, so I, I would have that on on the TV. There was three movies, Trillion Toys, you know? Like, I, I think to myself about Eric Foreman, right? And you're like, Eric yeah. Foreman from that 70s show, he's like, oh, Star Wars and blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah. Well, I was at, I was... You know, the next group there. So when the new movies are coming out, I told you I had like the Phantom Menace orchestral soundtrack. I had a bunch of (laughs) toys I had all the cups, the collector's cups, all the things. I had the Podracer game and I was disappointed in a sense that realistically I was disappointed because it wasn't the story that I wanted because it wasn't my Star Wars But it is people, Star Wars, right? And so what I mean by that is, like, as the 90s are going on, and, like, oh, we're going to do, like, The Phantom Menace. It's going to go back to, like, the beginning of how Darth Vader becomes evil. And you're, like, but I just, like, I've been reading all these books about, like, what happens after. And, like, I want to see, like, Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I want to see, like, Luke Skywalker and, like, make a Jedi school. And, like, Han Solo be cool. And all these other things. Like, I don't really want to go back to the beginning. And I don't know how many times we had done this prequel. Thing before, but I feel like this was kind of like the beginning of like the in my mind, solidifying like here's the story you know we're going to go backwards, and we're going to tell you the other stuff, and I always have had a problem maybe it's from Star Wars but I've always had a problem of going backwards and kind of watching something where I already know where it's going to go. Really? Yeah, because I'm like, I already know where we're going like, I, I already know this why... person's going to die in this movie, or in that thing Like, I just don't care.
1: I wonder if that's why you never got into Lost Cause the beginning of watching Lost was like the cool part about it was the flashbacks and learning about these characters and like you know they were going to wind up on this island with this weird polar yeah. bear but like knowing who they were and like what they did like is what made that show like addictive. See, I love that. I love. Well, it was
0: also it was also really good. It, it episodic television that comes out once a week can be done in such a way that you can capture. The moment, like with Game of Thrones, right? Which was, ca- it captured the moment because every you could read the books and you could know where it's going to go. And people knew, like those of us that didn't read the books didn't know what was coming with the Red Wedding. We're like, holy shit, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't even know what happened, you know, with Ned Stark in the beginning. Like well, you and I didn't know. We oh watched my God. It and we were like, what the fuck? That was the most wild. But that was the buildup. If you're just watch it all now and binge watch it, you're watching a different show than when we watched it week to week. And then you had a whole you're year right. to wait and theorycraft and then week to week for 10 weeks it's just a different show and then the expectation was always well we get to that episode 9 before 10 that's the big one something huge Mm -hmm. has to happen because that's the precedent they set of how they were making that show and that's a specific time and you plug that in so forget you know take that for example forget how it ended it was similar with lost how like people maybe weren't as happy it's the ride you were on Mm -hmm. that really truly matters and when you look back and go oh for those six, seven, eight years that we were watching that show, we were dialed in, listening to everything, listening to podcast. That's one of the main things that got me really, really, really into podcasts and no longer just into like sports talk radio and stuff was listening to all these people talking about like Game of Thrones and like what this could mean, what that could mean, because so many people dove into it and it was really a good jumping off point for, you know, the podcast space because I'd listened to them before and so would you and I've been listening to them for you know, 50, at least fifteen years. I don't want to say longer, but probably, you know, at least, probably closer to sixteen, seventeen years. I've been listening to podcasts, right? But a lot of it was sports related, so a lot of it was just jump in sports stuff because sports is always something you could talk about, and then you could theorize what's going to happen later. And then the podcast disappears. Like nobody, I don't really want to listen to a podcast about somebody telling me what the betting lines were for two weeks ago's game. That's going to happen. It's not. There's nothing, right? Like mm-hmm. the game already happened. Like we move on from that moment of what we think the players are going to do or whatever. But Game of Thrones stuff was awesome. It's just awesome peak content. But it ends and you're like, this sucks. Right? You're like, I as a person, maybe didn't, this wasn't as fulfilling as what I wanted it to be. So that's kind of how I feel. Even watching the Game of Thrones prequel stuff or the you know stuff set hundreds of years before. I'm like, well, I mean, it's kind of like we know where this is going. I just and- feel like
1: it's the, the House of the Dragon. Like The thing about the dragons is that it's just... It's so unnecessarily brutal to me. Like but it Game has of to Thrones, that
0: time would be. Though. Yeah, but
1: it's you know? it's almost like oh, they're like we're gonna be even more brutal than Game of Thrones. Like we're because Game of Thrones, I find very watchable, even though there are certain episodes will I probably will never rewatch or scenes I would never rewatch. The dragons, I was just like, oh god, what. What, like...
0: (laughs) Traumatic event are you going to witness on TV?
1: Exactly. Like, I feel like I had to watch it with my hands over my eyes, and then, like, the scene with the birth, I had to leave... Like, it's just... It's like, okay, I get it, but also, can you just give me some good dialogue, too? You know? Like, I'm just... Whatever. Anyway, we've really gone off all the topics.
0: We really took ourselves and veered ourselves pretty far, didn't we? That was pretty... I don't even know how we got there. I don't, sci-fi, I don't know. Sci-fi. I
1: don't know. Space
0: type opera. There are a lot of people that still love it. People that call for more of it. You know, they actually <coughs> released like a cartoon or an anime like this past year. Oh, like really? Like another movie. Yeah, because they just kind of mine the well of the show. I, it's also one of those, I think they've talked about like rebooting it or redoing it, which might be possible, but very much like a kind of, if you watch the show, like a, it's hard to kind of think of redoing um, who the people were because the actors are really good, like in their roles, and they really like. Made, it's it would be like if they redid the original Star Wars trilogy. You'd be like, that's just not
1: why. Yeah, why it already exists. It it's already exists, and you know
0: who who's who, right? If you're okay. like, we're gonna redo Star Trek: The Next Generation and just recast Captain Picard, like Patrick Stewart is Captain Picard, you know.
1: Yeah, you can't not have like the same. Yeah,
0: no. Like Jonathan Frakes is you know yeah. is Riker. Like they just are who they are. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it'd be weird. Another show, which I remember was on in the background, like, way more than it actually was a show, right? So The the Critic was only on for 23 episodes. Really? Plus 10 shorts. Yeah, and I feel...
1: I think I was getting it confused also with another show, but keep going.
0: I feel like The Critic was on my entire childhood. Which, you know, whatever it is or it's not, right? Me but
1: too. I, I think it was just always on Comedy Central, maybe? I,
0: I think it, it, yeah, because it had John Lovitz and it had some of the people and some of the DNA from The Simpsons. There was a crossover episode, I think, with The Simpsons, too. And oh, really? he comes in there and he's yellow. Yeah. And so <laughs> And that was a whole thing. I read a whole thing about that. But the critic was basically, there was a time, and it's really, really actually comical now to think about it. we're here talking and we're talking about these movies from the nineties and stuff, but there was a time where it was a huge deal. If you were, you know, first of all, in order to know if a movie was good or not, nine times out of 10, you'd read a review. So depending on your local newspaper or whoever it was, you know, if you're reading a national newspaper or syndicated newspaper or a magazine entertainment weekly, whatever it was, you would read a review, right? So you'd go get the, you know, it could be on Friday. You'd go get the newspaper. Oh, let me look and see. These are the new movies that came out. Oh, the guy said that this isn't a good movie. He gave it one star. So you'd be following different critics for their opinions in order to tell you whether or not to go spend your money and time to go out to the movie theater to watch the, to watch a movie, right? Or a television show or whatever the case may be. So they held a lot of sway. Critics really mattered a lot. It's not that they don't matter now. It's just that they held a lot of sway.
1: Well, there was no internet, so there was no Reddit. There was no... Right,
0: right. So, but now... You know, then, then like the public pinnacle, consensus, the, the pinnacle of being a critic would be like you're a critic in a town or a city or whatever. And either you're on public access or you're on the actual like late evening news. And you'd be like, I'm going to give a rundown like of these movies that I saw and whether or not I liked it. And you'd have like a catchphrase. You know, you want to be like Siskel and Ebert, who were two huge critics that kind of joined forces to create kind of their empire that they made uh, together of, you know, people reviewing movies and stuff. You think about it now. I remember Cisco and at the movies would be like, like maybe Saturday nights or Sunday nights or something like late at night. It would be on like Channel 11 or something. And they'd have them talking about the movies of the week or past couple of weeks, award movies, whatever the case may be. This show was riffing off that where John Lovitz's character, Jay Sherman, was a movie critic. And he would, they had like mock-up movies of like, I think movies like that were out in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So they're making fun of, like, you know, Ace Ventura and all these other kind of movies where they sh- and they'd show little cartoon clips of, like, the absurdity of the movie. And his catchphrase was, it stinks, right? If he didn't like it, it stinks, it stinks, it stinks. And he's a movie critic. They drew him very, like, slovenly, right? So he's got, like, the bald hair and, you know, he's wearing, like, his old man kind of sweater. But those people had, like, sway because they had a column. And now, of course, anybody on YouTube can be like... I have 10,000 followers and look at me telling you about this game or this movie or this thing. Everybody can be a critic. That's where we've come now. But back then, this guy was an authority. So it really tapped into a specific person at a specific time and a specific thing that would then go away. Right? Yeah. If if that kind of makes sense of explaining it. Because it's like now... You go to like Rotten Tomatoes and you kind of see like, okay, who are these critics saying? And you maybe breeze through a couple things or you see some notes on Twitter and then you make up your mind. You're like, oh, people are saying, people are saying this is great. You know, back in the nineties, you went to like my newspaper, you know, we read, uh, I live on Long Island. I would look at like Newsday and be like, oh, look, the Newsday critics said this is good. Didn't even know the critics name, but it was like, they said it was good. So then that means it's good. I'd be like, mom, this movie got four and a half out of five stars, right? It's gotta be good. Let's go see it. You know, that's 13-year-old me, 14-year-old me. Right. Now it's like, well, Rotten Tomatoes, the critics said it was really good. The audience score was good. So I'm just going to go with all of what all these people are having to say. But that's the critic kind of in a nutshell. Cartoon about a uh, movie critic. A, of a, a job of a very specific time where you could be a movie critic and then be on, like, local TV. Yeah. It's just not a thing now. You could be on TV being a movie critic without, you know, you'd be on YouTube. Right. Post all your things maybe on a Reddit forum or something. So
1: I got this confused with uh Dr.
0: Katz. Okay, that's fair.
1: Because that's when I was like, Oh, I love the critic. I'm like, no, I did like the critic, but I loved Dr. Katz.
0: And they put them together on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So it would be like, yes. And yes, that comes out fair.
1: next it comes in out next year in ninety five. So like and they're both dark haired, like dudes that look like they've lost their way in life in a way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah.
0: They're just they're like middle aged mm-hmm. how old In your mind, like how old? No, don't do it. Is how old was the critic supposed to be?
1: My mind, fifty-five, but he's probably supposed to be like thirty-eight.
0: He's thirty-six. Jesus. I know, right? It's it's tough. It's
1: tough. Well, now I'm depressed.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's a lot.
1: That's really all we got. I mean, right? Oh, there's a Charlie Brown. Super Bowl special. It's the last... You're in the Super Bowl, Charlie Brown. I mean... The last special broadcast on TV for eight years. It's the last one when uh, Charles Schultz was alive. The last new Peanuts. (laughs) It's because the Super Bowl comes out. I see you don't care about the Peanuts. That's fine.
0: I I kind of don't. Like, I'm I'm checked out on a little bit of the Peanuts, but I feel you. I feel like it's a thing. I, the only thing I remember about Peanuts, I remember, you know, Lucy taking the ball from him. I don't even know if well, that's.
1: I'm to sure it. it's going to happen in the Super Bowl special.
0: Over and over again, but do you know over. what the you know what the last show is that I want to talk to you about before we talk briefly about the Super Bowl, which we'll get into on Potpourri. It's just a little tease, right? So, little... Jen, what do you know about William Shatner?
1: I know he's on Star Trek.
0: What do you know about WWF Monday Night Raw?
1: I know, it premiered in January 1993. What do
0: you know about the crossover to promote Tech War? <laughs> <laughs> that show Tech War premiered Shit. on USA. Do you remember as a kid when it would be like WWF yes. Raw and they are like, Tech War, come check out Tech War. It's all about tech. Tech War. War tech. And it's like, oh, man. <laughs> sci-fi in the 90s was rough. Because you think about sci-fi now, it's a bring it full circle you think about sci-fi now and it's like there's such a renaissance on on like you know apple tv like i'm watching uh for all mankind i really enjoy that show there's like silo and the foundation there's all these all these shows westworld on hbo was a big deal like all these different things it's like
1: is that still on produced.
0: no no that got canceled a few years ago all these highly produced like shows with like big time actors people and whatever and it's like 90s, we were just pumping out tech war, and it just—it just looked like you were like like I do the, remember. like like the stuff they're wearing just looks like they're getting dressed up to like go play laser tag, right? Where you just wear like packs. You're like, well, the pack needs to be clearly whatever because only the light only works It's like, oh my god, come on, tech war.
1: I've never watched Tech War, but I remember that I remember, remember existing. William
0: Shatner like doing wrestling moves to people you know yes. teasing people and stuff to promote Tech War. Like, oh man, oh my god, peak nineties, everything. Right? It's just it's just <laughs> starting to get to the middle. So that's our TV show review. That's our TV look. That's our TV uh, discussion, including but not limited to the critic. Right? Because we're although we're not really that critical of these things, we just talk about how we feel. Not, we're not rating them we're not really yeah
1: what we should say? we should throw out some ratings every once in a while but we don't
0: we can could, we could rate movies We could do I think movies. it's harder to rate TV shows because because I, I feel like watching a single episode of a show is so much harder than just really rating a season or rating a, a thing I mean I still read single episode reviews of shows sometimes where they're like this show was this or this is that but the way these things are told now it's so much different like I the critic like I just I think about it and go it was on it was fine. I mean, that's it. It only lasted twenty something episodes. I really thought that that was on for like a hundred episodes.
1: Same. I've
0: probably seen almost all the episodes too.
1: So. Yeah.
0: Jen. Big same. Yes. The Super Bowl. It's in January, not in not in February. Not our American pastime <laughs> that we have in February now, like in the second week of February now, no less. So like right around Valentine's Day it is. Back then. Late late January.
1: It was. Late, the last Sunday in January. I'm pretty the 30th.
0: sure. 30th. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I could do the math, but I'm pretty sure it's just because they didn't have, like, I don't think they have wildcard teams yet. And so, like, less teams make the playoffs and stuff, but. Sure. I remember Super Bowl Sunday would always be, we always make pigs in a blanket.
1: Yes. Always.
0: And, shit, man.
1: Super Bowl Sunday, New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. Pigs in a blanket. And sometimes 4th of July, if we weren't doing anything, but just watching fireworks on TV, pigs in a blanket. It would
0: be pigs in a blanket for us, like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, like one of the two, because, you know, so we did it and then it would be New Year's Eve and then it would be... um,
1: Did you like buy them pre-made, like frozen? No, you made them... Right? They'd be
0: on sale. You'd get like the biscuits on sale for yes. like seventy nine cents for the biscuits, and then there would be like the the hot dogs like you two for three or two up. for five. Yeah. And then you do no, we didn't do. I think right. when you and I were together, you're you're a hot dog person. We didn't do. We bought the little ones already. Ew. And then you wrap it around the little guys. The ho-
1: little hot dogs are disgusting. You
0: wrap them around there and then you make them...
1: But boom, I also... Boom, 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 boom. I eat the vegan or the vegetarian this, the, um, chemical yeah, they, hot they dogs. They don't make little... They don't make little ones. No. But no, as a kid, we would get the regular size hot dogs. Because you want to get the good hot dogs. You don't want to buy shit hot dogs. And you, we cut them and then wrap them up. My dad and I would make them. Mm-hmm. And you I remember, remember like, I would get a disgustingly big bowl of pigs in a blanket... And then just dip them in a little bit of ketchup. Ketchup,
0: tons of ketchup. I yeah. would just, I, I, I would just get all the ketchup.
1: And I remember like when we graduated from biscuits to cres- to like crescent rolls, croissants, croissants. Anyway, pigs in a blanket.
0: That's it. That's it. Super That's Bowl it. Sunday.
1: So Super Bowl Sunday, we will talk about the potpourri episode.
0: Jenny even found a journal entry talking about the stupid I game. I
1: found a diary entry. I might read it. Oh,
0: I feel like you should. Horribly dear embarrassing. Di- dear Diary.
1: It does start with Dear Diary. It's that's the worst. It's I love it. It's just so embarrassing.
0: I love it. Dear Diary. The way...
1: Ugh, I can't. Um, We got some Trivial Pursuit to play.
0: That's it. Let's do it.
1: Okay. Right now, I am on a pink... And you are on a yellow. The yellow is wired and the pink is oops, but we're rolling. You roll first. Oh, no, I roll first. You roll first, right? Yeah. It's your turn. Green or
0: green? Yeah, right. Jen's green question Green is,
1: is important, by the way.
0: What convenience store chain began playing elevator music outside of stores to discourage teenagers from loitering?
1: Is it Seven Eleven?
0: It is Seven Eleven.
1: Ooh, I get to roll again! Wow,
0: this is this is gonna be it. Here, here guys, we're gonna be playing this for twenty minutes. Three, <laughs> blue or roll again?
1: Roll again. That's
0: a six. All right,
1: throw me on this blue over there.
0: All right. All right, I got a blue. Back to the same blue. Blue. <laughs> what U.S. author tapped out five of the ten best-selling novels of the 90s?
1: Oh, I don't know anybody's name. The guy that did The Firm?
0: Was it Was it him? It's him, but you, we need his name. No! <laughs>
1: Okay. George, uh, no, John, James Pattinson. That's not the guy that did the firm.
0: And John Grisham.
1: No, I knew that. I did know I, it.
0: You know, the thing is, I knew you, y- you knew
1: You know it. I knew it. You know I knew
0: it. But there's nothing more I can do. I can't. We can't have this uh, game go forever because you're out here uh, going the guy who did the firm. Yeah, I mean, but the guy has a name. They asked for his name. All right, my turn. Damn
1: it! I'm exposing. Green. I'm exposing myself here for. You're not my my tiny. You knew day. the movie. You knew the thing. I knew it was John Christian. Am I was going to think of his name. What Soviet president took time out for a quintuple heart bypass while in office? Gorbachev. Mm, wrong one. Yeltsin. Hey man. And that's that's all she wrote.
0: And that's it for this week, guys. As always, it is a pleasure. We provided you at the top where to reach out. Keep downloading. We'll keep creating. We're enjoying ourselves and we're having a good time. And hopefully we'll finish this Trivia Pursuit game at some point. We still have no pie pieces. We'll probably have to have an announcement. If we get pie pieces, do you guys know? Like, ooh, I'll stick around for the end. It's been real. It's been fun, Jen. And uh, it's been a tech war out here. (laughs) So I'm going to go get my uh, proton packs and go uh, fight William Shatner way back in the day. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.